0: Hey, well, let's jump in to Matthew 5, 9. That's where we find ourselves today. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Children of God. Uh, You should know right up front, as a follower of Jesus, if you've made that decision, and if you haven't, I hope you do today, uh, because your life will be more full, you'll experience peace yourself, but you become a peacemaker because you're a child of God. It says here, as a follower of Jesus, you are a child of God, an heir to the kingdom, a co-heir with Christ. We've all been adopted, and, and let me read the passage that really spells this out in Romans 8:14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with with Christ, We are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Wow. Uh, In order to live a life of peace with others, we will suffer. We will make sacrifices because those who just demand their own way, They're not going to sacrifice to make peace, but as children of God, we're called upon to follow in the way of Christ. As Christians, you should be the peacemakers. We're the children of God, and as so, we should take the position of a peacemaker. One more important thing you have to realize about when Jesus teaches this and who he's teaching this to and the mindset that they were in, they saw. Their savior of the world showing up as a conqueror, as a conquest, as a military action almost. And that's what people did in their day. They overtook kingdoms. And so the savior of the world would surely come as a, in militant fashion and conquer. And then Jesus is saying things like, be the peacemaker. This is very different teaching, and and to hear something like this challenge of a peacemaker was something of a, like a screeching halt to the expectations of their day. It just, their minds, now they've been prepped, you know, because this is deep in the Beatitudes, They've been prepped as they're walking through this. I mean, they've been prepped to be poor in spirit. They've been challenged to mourn. They've been challenged to be humble. They've been challenged to hunger and thirst for righteousness. They've been challenged to show mercy, right? So they're, they're kind of ready, but then he hits them with Peacemaker. And he knows that if they don't catch this, they're not ready for what he's about to say. And we've been reading it every week. So it's no surprise, persecution's coming. And, and so he's challenging them here. you got to get peacemaking, because if you're not willing to suffer for the sake of everyone's peace, you'll never be willing to suffer persecution. And so he really wants us to lean in today. Our big idea is we are called to be the peacemakers. We're called to be the peacemakers, Romans 12, 18 says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Everyone. Peace is not uh, necessary in the absence of conflict. Yeah, you heard me right. It's not necessary in the absence of conflict. It's the conflict that presents the opportunity for peace. We believe that if we face the natural tensions, conflicts, bring up and bring our way with an opportunistic attitude, we will reflect the love of God and peace God so longed to bring into the world, right? From heaven to earth, we're living out heaven on earth by being peacemakers. Conflict is an opportunity that is constantly present, and if we enter conflict with that opportunity mindset, we will find the avenue of peace that is possible through it. Our first thought today is peacemakers understand the source of conflict. And maybe you don't. Maybe you're wrestling with why do I feel so lack of ability to wrestle with peace and be the peacemaker why can't I lay this down why can't I give this up to the Lord and and if you're processing that let's look at the source today because peacemakers understand the source of the conflict and and the source conflict begins when you don't get what you want famous theologians sang a song about it you can't I always get what you want. Okay, not a famous theologian. Just joking. Moving on. James 4, uh, I think about it every time I read that in my notes, though. You can't always get what you want. And James said this in 4, he said, James 4.1 says, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have. So you scheme, you kill to get. You're jealous of what others have, but you you can't get it. So you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Wow, this is revealing And, and convicting when we look at it because the evil desires within me are bringing out this lack of peace. I understand when I enter into a moment where I need to make peace that a lot of it's in here. It's in my heart. A lot of it is desires that are boiling out that are unhealthy. And, and when we're looking at what others have and we want it and we live in a world where everybody's showing everything they have. I look at my neighbor's backyard and, and they're doing their backyard way quicker than I'm doing my backyard. And I could get envious and I could start to just, that's not what God desires for our life. He wants us to be whole. So where are you seeing conflict in your life right now? Maybe it's time you take a step back, a big step back, and you get some perspective, right? Humble yourself. Take an honest look. What part of the conflict does selfishness play in the factor, right? What what part does selfishness play in that dispute you're in? Uh, all All it takes is going back to the first characteristics we looked at again in the Beatitudes and you realize you can humble yourself and find the solution of what you are facing. starts here. We can deal with it. Conflicts can easily, though, result from simple misunderstandings. In fact, in our world, we have more ways of communicating than ever before. Right now in the middle of a pandemic, that's a blessing, isn't it? That we can hop on a Zoom or pick up a phone or text or a message or Insta or Facebook or whatever you do, tweet, uh, you know, just all these things, the ways we can communicate. But therein lies the challenge, there's not a perfect person at communication in the world we live in, so it's easy whether it's written, spoken, heard, there's countless opportunities to offend and be offended. So peace can just disappear at a 140 characters and we start to wrestle through the rest of our day because of what we've read or heard or witnessed. We need to listen and understand what's going on and not jump to false conclusions or read into things. Our prejudices and impatience all feed our misunderstandings. Where does conflict begin? Man, it's inside. Unfortunately, as fallen humans, we tend to take offense so fast and we think or assume the worst of people and God wants us to assume the best until we actually No otherwise. Although much conflict is the the natural result of God-given diversity and just the fact that we're all different and we communicate in different ways and so we misunderstand, there is conflict that's born out of sin within our hearts and the desires it leads us to, the words and the actions we display based from the sinful thoughts in our spirit. And Jesus spoke to this and obviously he came for this so that he could seek and save sinners but his response to these conflicts were that we just need to love one another more, more faithfully. Not long before his death, Jesus told his closest followers, according to John, in John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. And peacemakers are a display. They display love. Um, John continued to teach this during his ministry. In fact, he, he wrote this in 1 John 3.10. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. Man, the way John puts that is especially, especially applicable right now at this point in time in history. I don't wear a mask when I go into Home Depot out of fear. I'm displaying the love of Jesus that I was challenged to carry out as a follower of Jesus to my neighbor. I am uh, masking up. How can I claim to love my brother and sister and not consider those who are most vulnerable around me? Sure, I have the right to, to walk in without it and I'm in the minority when I'm there with it. Uh, But I I have a great opportunity to humble myself and walk in love. This might offend people, but can I I pause and step back and take a look at the community around me and search my heart and uh, just say, man, where is that offense coming from? And how can, how can I understand those that are going through grief and loss and compromised immune systems and high-risk categories? How can I go out and, and, and help them feel safer? I don the mask because I care and because I want peace for all. And I have to search my heart in order to throw that thing on and breathe hot air, right? But then God leads me to do it. Thought two, pacemakers value unity over conformity, unity over conformity. Peace with everyone is what God's desire is for unity. And it's not for, maybe I should say uniformity, right? Conformity is born out of uniformity. And instead of avoiding all conflicts or demanding that others always agree with us, we can celebrate the variety in the world around us, Uh, the personality types that just see the world from the other side of the block, right? Um, and, And unity means we are of one purpose, one mind, one heart. Ephesians 4 says we serve one God, one Savior, one Spirit, right? It's, that's, it's, we're one body. So, so unity. Uniformity means we are clones of each other, right? I want you to conform to the exact way I think, behave, dress, look. That's boring, and we don't desire that. For you, Ephesians four three says, "Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace." And we need the Holy Spirit to be united by the Spirit and in the Spirit. This again, I mentioned it earlier, is Pentecost Sunday, the day where the disciples were waiting in the upper room there in the beginning of the book of Acts, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and. And they began to speak in unknown languages and they were filled with power to witness and their personalities just exploded in a bold, positive way and the gospel spread like fire after that. And that's this day, this is Pentecost Sunday. And it just goes to emphasize, and I think this passage leads us to look at unity and the spirit and how they're interconnected. And we need the Holy Spirit to be united because there's going to be a lot of us listening to the spirit and having to lay ourselves down in order to be united. That's, that's God's heart. We need the power of the Holy Spirit within us to be peacemakers and calm the tendencies to demand our way and our way only. We have to have the help of the Holy Spirit to tamp down the sinful, selfish desires that are within us that wage war with the world around us. And that way we can pause back and find the peace in every scenario. Man, I see a church that is diverse, that is filled with people who see the world differently. They vote differently. They parent differently. They like different shows. They listen to different music or podcasts. Uh, they, uh, they they just are different in the way that they pursue health, the things they eat. Do you see what I'm saying? We don't have to match 100% Although I don't understand why you drink decaf coffee. Moving on, uh, you know, it's that type of stuff. It's silly things that we allow us to just, well, I'm I'm a caffeinated coffee drinker, right? And we find these differences as a divider, but man, that's our blessing. Our blessing is to have different people because different people can get along when we're set on unity. But it takes the effort of a peacemaker to make that happen. Unity is not agreement. We can agree to disagree and still carry out something in a united fashion. But this takes love. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit leading us to be peacemakers. We are to be peacemakers and peacemakers seek unity, not conformity. Thought three, peacemakers make allowances for each other. I love this word, allowances, not because you used to get it when you were younger, but because it's something we all receive from people. Colossians 3.12 makes it plain. Listen to this. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with the tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Here it is. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes with Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. How is making allowances for each other going for you, right? Is it easy or you find it rough to give somebody some grace? How is forgiving others the same way Jesus forgave you doing? Pastor said the F word, forgive, right? And that's challenging for people to actually let themselves out of the prison of unforgiveness, but we're called to do it. We're called to find peace through these doors. In fact, this word here, peace is worth our greatest effort. The Greek word in this verse translated make every effort means strive eagerly, earnestly, diligently. It was a term used by the trainers of gladiators in the day. And they would have used this to train them and prep them for the Colosseum. Make every effort. To stay alive today, they would challenge them. If we are to live in peace, we will make allowances for each other a lot. And in fact, I'm so grateful for the people in my life that make allowances for me. It feels like grace and love when someone gives you allowances for your faults. I have many. And maybe you would phrase it, maybe if you're wondering who's giving you a lot of allowance, it would be the people that you would say, you know what? I like that person. They get me. Have you said that about somebody? You know, they just, they just get me, you know? Uh, those are people who, yeah, they get you enough to give you allowance for your faults. You're going to make mistakes. When I was a kid, I would become best friends with the kids I got in a fight with. Often, it was hilarious. You'd get in a quarrel, and then you realize, oh, well... That was a bad day. And then all of a sudden we're buddies. We make up and it's like, that's just something that occurred. And what are you saying? You know, what you're saying and what you're giving away in allowance is just like, we're all human. We're gonna make mistakes. I'm not gonna demand of you something I know you can't provide, which is perfection. We don't demand that people are just like us. Again, that's conformity. We allow you to be you, faults and all. And then we grow as humans. We make mistakes. We pick ourselves up. We extend grace and forgiveness. We practice confession. All these things that happen, allowances are a key to a peacemaker's life. And uh, when they are made, it feels so wonderful. There's no allowance in uh, our giving great effort to our own desires. You know, there's no allowance when we're like I'm going I'm just going to own my own desires and I'm not going to I'm not going to honor anybody else's desires. No, we need to allowance means I'm not going to just care about my own desires. I'm going to extend myself to even in in humility elevate somebody else's desires above my own. That's giving them the allowance that Jesus would have. Jesus is challenging us to give great effort to the needs of those around us. Again, now when I go shopping in the community, I put on a mask and I feel in the minority and uh, I also know that I'm carrying out this loving heart, giving an allowance for somebody else because it's for somebody else who needs me to wear a mask that I'm putting it on. And those who without my willingness to give them an allowance for their current health condition and need, they might get sick otherwise. So I'm gonna lay down my desires and I'm gonna serve them in a loving way. That's the call upon the church. That's the call upon the peacemakers. And I think there's no better time for us to carry out our action point than this time And our action point is this, practice peacemaking. Practice peacemaking. What does that look like for you? You're going to lay down that dispute with who's going to clip the bush that grows over the fence on your your house, or are you gonna lay down the argument you've been having with one of your kids or your spouse? Are you gonna are you gonna find the road of peace? And I, I tell you what, I'm gonna make a commitment. We're gonna dwell on this next week. We're gonna kinda walk out some practicals, when to engage and when not to engage in peacemaking next week because I think this is an important subject. And if we don't get it, we're never going to endure persecution and glorify God through that door. So I wanna pray for us today. I wanna pray that we would allow the Holy Spirit to take over the desires bubbling out of our heart that sometimes make us fail at peacemaking. And for you, that might be making a decision to follow Jesus today. It may be just saying, here's my desires, Lord, and I know where I'm not at peace, so here they are. Offer them up to the Lord. And uh, we want, as this character of peacemaking, to just be very evident in all of our lives. May we be the chief peacemakers in the world around us as followers of Jesus. So God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to open up your word today and bring it into every home that is the church. The church is not a building, it's a people. And we're growing in likeness of you, Jesus, today. And you're challenging us to be the peacemakers and we want to practice peacemaking. But for some of us, that means we need to deal with the source of the conflict and it's bubbling up from within us. So today, if there are people here tuning in that need to make a decision to follow Jesus so that the Holy Spirit can come into their life and help them become a peacemaker. I pray right now that they would invite you into their life. Just simply say this. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, come into my life. I choose to follow you. Today, I want you to be my savior, and I want to be more like you. I want to live out these things we're reading and talking about. I want to be a peacemaker for you, and in the community around me. I want to love people. I want to give grace to the people around me, allowance for those who fail and who who are weak and their faults. Lord, I want to love people, faults and all. The mess of life is beautiful when we look at it through a relationship with you, Jesus. And I pray for all of us that you would give us the courage to be peacemakers because sometimes we enter into being a peacemaker and we think like we're losing. It looks like we're losing, but what we're doing is we're loving. We're laying down our desires for the desires of others. And I pray that you would give us the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us to walk that out as we practice peacemaking this week. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, amen. Blessed are you.